Bless you, may be seated. Amen. You know, I was thinking, George, as you were praying about the children singing, wouldn't that be awesome if we could sing like kids all of our lives? So that when we got in as adults in the worshiping congregation, it would be like praising God like Bible school. I mean, those kids really sang this week, and you did a good job singing as well. In the compass is a notice about Moses and the bus trip. I'd love to spend a day with many of you to Lancaster to see Moses. And by the way, it is not just a prime time event, it is an entire church event. And I found out the deadline in the compass uh, for uh, responding by August 17. There's kind of a silent deadline I didn't know about. It's the bus. And we have to know where we are on Wednesday. So uh, if we can have a lot more sign, we're almost halfway there. We have about 21 signed up. We need about another 21 to make it where we need it to be. And so I'd love you to go to see this great production and let Carol DeCamp know her number is in there. We love to see her switchboard light up. So if you'd like to go, we'd love to have you go. I'd love to spend a day with you uh, doing that kind of thing. Next week, I'm preaching on heaven. Have you heard a sermon about heaven in a while? Most of the time you don't. There's a lot of books out there. There's been a movie out there. And so bring a friend. We'll be talking about a good thing, a good place, heaven next week. And then as our ushers get ready to come, I want to thank you as a congregation. Your giving through the summer did not fall off the table. We're a little behind. We're about minus 13,900, but that is really good compared to what it could be in a summer slump. So I want to thank you for your faithful giving, and we're going to ask the ushers to come forward right now. I'm going to pray, and we'll receive our morning uh, gifts before the Lord. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our church. We're grateful to know that in the darkness of the world, there's a bright spot. And even though there are trials and difficulties in our own church, we know there's a power that goes beyond our own strength and our own abilities. And when we don't think we can go on, Father, there you are leading us on. It's a bright thing. It's a bright spot. I pray that you would be with those in need today in a special way. I pray that you would be with those who are really enjoying life. I talked to someone, Lord, you know this morning, said life couldn't be better, and I'm grateful to hear that. So wherever we are, Lord, we pray that we would be flourishing before you, believing that you are by our side no matter what the situation might be. Now, Father, as we give of our income, we are grateful that you give us the strength to earn our income and that we can come and worship you this morning by giving you our first fruits. And we pray, Lord, you would be pleased with what you receive. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Well, thanks for taking some time to chat with us today, Jason. We really appreciate it. Why don't we start by just telling us who you are, Tell us who your family is and, and maybe a bit about your ministry here at Old North. Sure. My name is Jason Crank. My wife Mary Lou and I began attending here about three and a half years ago with our son Kenny, our daughter Kylie. And uh, what a what a three years it's been and, and a pleasure to be part of the staff here. And we're certainly thankful to have you as part of our team. And today we are talking about how God speaks to people. It's mm. uh, the third part in our series, God Speaks. And this idea of God speaking through people is something that you've experienced since you've been here at Old North. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, as a Baptist preacher's kid, you're around the church, uh, you're around the Bible a lot. And I began to know a lot about those things. But it was through expository preaching from uh, Pastor Brent Allen, um, true biblical teaching from Pastor Marty Sweeney, mm -hmm. that really opened my eyes to God's Word and what God was really saying. Yeah. 
we were talking earlier, you mentioned a couple other guys even uh, from afar, you know, other pastors and Bible teachers. Yeah, no doubt. Mark Dever, um, Dr. Moeller, Al Moeller, and then Dr. John MacArthur have been very influential in, in opening my eyes to the what true gospel growth and what gospel ministry is. Yeah, that's excellent. So you've named a few specific people. The question, though, that, that often comes to my mind when we talk about God speaking through other people is it what are the distinctives of that, right? I mean, how is it that we know that God is actually speaking to us? I wonder if you have a you know grid or a filter that you have used uh, to, to help know, wow, this is really God speaking to me through this specific individual. Absolutely. Um, the, the, the common denominator among all of those gentlemen are the faithfulness to the text or faithfulness to the scriptures mm-hmm. and their teaching comes straight from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that's God speaking to us. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a fantastic part of a grid to use. And then, you know, also maybe a byproduct of that uh, in your own life. There have been some things that uh, have affirmed that. Absolutely. Um, we've we've noticed in our in our marriage, in our family life, and in our ministry life, um, just real remaining fruit mm. uh, that was not not there beforehand. Mm. So this combination of. Uh, faithfulness to the scriptures and actually opening up God's word and yes. communicating that prayerfully and then the fruitfulness that comes as we walk in step with the Holy Spirit definitely Absolutely. yes sir well have there been any things that uh, that you've done differently you know over the last uh, couple of months as you've come through this time is there anything that you're doing differently uh, in terms of your own application of this I mean is this idea of prayerfully speaking God's word uh, something just for pastors you know just for the John MacArthur's and John Piper's and Al debtors of the world or or is there a broader responsibility there Actually, there is, Chris. Uh, as as I've been, I've had the Bible opened up to me. I've also tried to do that with several gentlemen in our church, uh, several gentlemen uh, locally, and uh, just trying to speak through them, through speak God's words through them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we ran into each other last week at Peaberries. I walked in for a yes. cup of coffee and, and saw you had the uh, Bible open with a young man in our congregation. It just it's incredible that God's grace extends to us in that way and that he uses us in that capacity. So again, thanks for sitting down with us today, Jason. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Well, here we are already three weeks into our series, our last day of the series called Speak, How God Speaks to Us. And it's exciting to know that the almighty God of the universe is willing to speak to us even today. The first sermon, we looked at the universe, God speaks through the universe through creation. Second, we looked at how God speaks through the scriptures. And today, the third voice, we're looking at how God speaks to us through others in our lives. This is a very interesting voice. And so as I begin, I want to read a passage of scripture out of many, 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 many passages of scripture that talks about God speaking and how he does through people around us in our lives. And so I would like you to stand as I read from God's holy word in honor of his word. And I'm going to read from 1 Thessalonians 5. And when I get to a part that talks about God speaking uh, through other people, I'm going to just make that notation. Starting at verse 11, therefore encourage, God speaks through encouragement, one another, and build one another up. He speaks through people to build one another up. We ask you to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. God speaks through admonishment through others and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. 
Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish. There, God speaks through people through that. Admonish the idle. Encourage. There, we see that again. The faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. God speaks through prophecies, the text says. But test everything. Hold fast what is good. You may be seated just representative of scores and scores of Scripture that say God speaks through other people. And if that is true, then I want you to see the big idea. And by the way, there is no evidence that even though God spoke in the Old Testament and the New to people and through people, no evidence that He stopped talking through people today. So the big idea... We need to become skillful at listening to God's voice through the people he has put in our lives. There you have it. We need to become skillful at listening to God's voice through the people that God has put in our lives. And God has put the people in our lives there for a special reason. Now, in in order to increase our understanding, our expectation, and our skill at hearing how God uses other people to speak to us, I want to ask and answer four compelling questions today so that you'll understand how these things happen. And I think if you can tune to what I have to say, your ears will be ringing with people around you speaking on God's behalf, His truth. So question number one, do we find evidence of God speaking through people in the Bible? A great place to to start. And there is plenty of evidence in the Bible. In fact, in the Old Testament, not only did God speak through people, on one occasion he spoke through a donkey to Balaam. Remember that? And it is really interesting there. Now, he's not normally going to speak through a donkey or a dog or a cow in your life. He's going to speak through people, but he will. And we're going to look in just a moment the kinds of people that God will use to speak into your life. Now, this can be pretty subjective. So I want to go right to the Word of God. As Jason said, the bottom rock is the Word of God, and it's got to line up with that. So we want to go right there, and we're going to see not only did God speak through people with prevalence, it was all the way through over and over and over again. It permeates the Bible. So all I can do is kind of dip in my thumb in the water and pull out a sample, and I've got three for you. Exodus chapter 18. This father-in-law of Moses by the name of Jethro heard all that God was doing in the ministry of Moses, and he said, i got to check out what God is doing in my son-in-law's ministry. He got there. It was amazing, but he saw something. Moses was doing the whole job himself. He had not created ministry teams, and he was not only wearing himself out among these several million Hebrews, he was wearing them out and delaying them. And some of you who are on my Facebook saw that I was on the phone with a government agency this week for 68 minutes. A long time. You know what they need? They need Jethro to come and shape them up a little bit because there's better ways to do things. And Moses was wearing everybody out and the people weren't getting serviced. And so he said to him, listen, create some ministry teams, watch what God will do, and as you go through there, you understand that was not only Jethro's voice to Moses, it was God's voice to Moses through Jethro. Well, how about King David? Should have been at war. He stays home, and he gets in trouble. He has adultery with Bathsheba, and he is trying to cover this thing up. God sent the prophet Nathan to him to give him an exhortation, and 
he confronted David. And these were, as it were, God's words to David through Nathan. And God spoke to David through that prophet. And it even goes so far to say, thus says the Lord God of Israel, and he spoke to David. How about in the New Testament? Acts chapter 1. Verses 9 through 11, I want to introduce you to a very obscure guy by the name of Agabus in the little town of Caesarea by the Mediterranean Sea. And Agabus was a prophet. He got up and he told Paul, when you go to Jerusalem, you will be captured and turned over to your enemies. And you read those verses 9 through 11 and you understand they carry the weight of the Holy Spirit speaking through Agabus to Paul. And. What about the gifts of the Spirit that we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, and Romans chapter 12? They are given to the church, not just back in the first century. They're given to the church even today. Gifts through which God speaks to people. Gifts like exhortation, encouragement, information, edification, challenge, instruction. We should be expecting to hear God's voice all around us. So the answer to, is there a precedent in the Bible for God speaking to people, through people? The answer is an overwhelming yes, and not just back in Bible days. The Bible is clear that God has so structured the church through the gifts of the Spirit that his voice wants to continue speaking to other people, through people, even to the present day, even here at Old North Church. That leads me to question number two. Who is God likely to use to speak to someone today? Now, my little list is not exhaustive, but I want you to understand, you can expect God's voice through these kinds of people, and it should be a frequent basis that you could expect that God would speak through these people. And I have this little list. It is not a list of priorities, and it's not an exhaustive list, but it covers a lot of territory, and it gives you this idea who God might want to use to speak to you. And I just kind of think that today God might be speaking through someone to everyone, and you'll see why in just a moment. My list starts out with pastors. The New Testament tells us that pastors are given by the Holy Spirit to speak to the church. Jason, in his video, already talked about that. And so these pastors use the word of God, and they ground what they have to say on the word of God, and they speak God's word to the church. And if you don't believe that God speaks through pastors, you shouldn't show up. Because you are here believing that God has anointed the voice of the preacher to have a word for you based on the word of God. And so we preach the word of God. And you came to hear today the Bible explained, illustrated, and applied to your life. So essentially the sermon is God's voice to a congregation through someone with the gift of preaching grounded on the word of God. There's a second voice. Another way God speaks through people is through teachers. Now, this voice of God is also singled out in the New Testament as a gift. God gave teachers to the church to speak on his behalf to the people about the things of God. And the question comes, well, what's the difference between preaching and teaching? Well, not a whole lot, but yet there is. And so I want you to see the distinction between the two. Teaching is basically about imparting Bible 
content and knowledge to willing students who know the Lord. And that would be teaching, often done in a classroom setting, that kind of thing. Preaching is more about using the truth of God's word to convince people to make a change in their lifestyle, that they need to conform something to their life to the word of God. So teaching is more about learning more, and preaching is more about the delivery to change people's trajectory as as they live life. Now, in any congregation, you usually only have a few preachers, and you have a whole lot more teachers in any given congregation. And I am so thrilled with Old North Church. Do you know you have a lot of teachers in this church that are really good? Is there an amen? Oh, yeah, you got a lot of teachers. God has gifted this church. And when you go and listen to these people, and they are under the leadership of Marty, Sweeney as the pastor leading these gifted people. When you go into their classrooms, you ought to be expecting God's going to say something to me today. There's a third on the list. They're counselors. Counselors. Did you know that God has gifted certain people in the church to understand your story and to listen to your story and to give you some input about maybe what God would have you do? Now, I understand fully that there were no psychotherapists and psychology and all that in the old and the new. I understand that. But God has given people all through history, godly people there to help other people who are in the midst of problems. Proverbs eleven fourteen, Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. First Chronicles 12, 32, I love this. Of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. And I am convinced that God has given the church counselors that if you run into a wall somewhere and you go to a godly counselor, whether it be here at Old North or some other place, that you ought to be able to hear the voice of God through a godly counselor. Here is the fourth. You liken this? This is good stuff, isn't it? I mean, this is practical. I want you to understand how God speaks. And so we come to the fourth one. And if you're a teenager here or a child, listen up. God speaks through parents. He speaks through parents. A huge voice of God to the children. And God speaks to them. And Proverbs has this recurring theme all the way, especially through the earlier part of Proverbs. My son... Keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. This was a claim, my friends, that the voice of the parent grounded on the word of God was actually a voice of God to the children. And so, children, you need to understand the role of your mom and your dad as they know the Lord. They are there to speak to you about the things of God. And so when a mom or dad walks with God, they are a strong voice to their children about how they should live, think, and behave. And this should be a strong voice for 18 years from the time they come home from the hospital until they leave the, the, the house in high school and even a little bit beyond. But God says there's going to be a voice for 18 years. And we hope we can get that job done where God is speaking to the children. So kids, you need to understand, you don't have to go very far to hear the voice of God. Just listen to your mom and dad. And I want to say something to the teens if you are in here today. 
when your parents, as a teenager, when your parents say something you don't want to hear, it's probably the voice of God. <laughs> that is the truth. When your parents say something you don't want to hear, and why? Because the Bible says that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, and they'd much rather do what they shouldn't do or even what would harm them, and mom and dad are the voice of God to teach their children wisdom and to spare them from a lot of pain. The next one is friends. I hope God has given you some good friends. God uses friends to speak to us. And I hope that you have at least two, maybe three, good and godly friends who will speak to you. I love Proverbs, and here's what it says in Proverbs 27, 6. A good friend will come up to you sometimes and confront you. Oh, that's a good friend to confront you. Faithful are the wounds, the word says, of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And if you're a friend, you don't want to talk some hard stuff with your other friend, you're, you're going to silence the voice of God. And sometimes God will use a friend then to tell us what we don't want to hear and what we won't like. And we must be very careful about surrounding ourselves with friends who tell us what we want to hear. We need friends who will be cut to the chase and give the last 10%. How about, though, on the other hand, Proverbs 27, 9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. True biblical friendship involves speaking words of counsel on God's behalf and how we need friends in this difficult life this day. I mean, everybody I walk into is say, how you doing? And then they want to say, hey, by the way, do you have a minute? You know what that's about. They, they need to hear something, some good counsel, a good word from a friend. But I want to talk to you about a certain kind of poverty. And guys, I want you to listen up here. A certain kind of poverty. I have found in my experience that it's guys who are likely not to have good friends. Guys who are alone in life. Guys who are busy and so forth, but they don't have somebody. If you realize that you don't have a good friend as a guy, I'm going to ask you to pray that God will send one or two good and godly men into your life so that you will be able to hear the voice of God up close and personal by men around you. I don't want to see men in this kind of poverty without good friends. The next voice is music. Ephesians 5. Speak to one another with spiritual music, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Well, what's that about? Do you know that God loves to speak to, to, to his people through lyrics based on the word of God? And the music we have today is God speaking to people in the church through the lyrics and anointed men and women that write those lyrics. And so music is a major voice of God. Now, the music itself is only the frame of the picture. So whether you have an organ or a guitar or a drum, it's only the frame. The picture itself is the lyric. So don't get hung up on the frame. Go towards the heart of what God is saying. It is about the words. Now, I appeal to you. I appeal to you. Listen to a lot of good Christian music and minimize your input of secular music. 
You've got to watch that, hound that like a dog on that secular music because a lot of it is the lies of this world changing the hearts and minds of Christians in the voice of Satan where you don't want to go. So make sure you're listening to the voice of God through music. Number seven. I wish I could go. There are 15, 18 ways there. I can only go one more. Here we go. You ready for this one? You see it? <laughs> Godly women. Now, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but godly women have a sixth sense that a lot of guys don't have. And it may not even be logical. Guys like, it may not be logical. Women may not be able to explain their position, but when they have a feeling about something, guys better listen up. Now, I can't say I have a verse for this. I wish I, I all I know is that Pilate's wife had an intuition, I know that much. All I know is that the older I get, the more I realize that when I need a voice from God, I go to godly women, and usually they're able to say things godly men can't have, this intuitive voice of godly women, and rarely are they wrong, and most of the time, when the voice comes at us, it is a caution. And sometimes their voice is aggravating, just to be honest with you, because <laughs> they're always right and they're always cautioning, you know. Guys want to go through a roadblock or something like that. But, you know, listen to godly women. And so there's a little list about how God speaks to people today. So let's move on to question number three. When are we likely to hear God's voice through people? Well, God's voice can come at any time through people. But there are certain times we ought to be listening, especially for God's voice. And so today, I want to talk about how the voice of God is likely to come to you through people and when it is liable to come to you through people. So let's look, first of all, at the how. And in the New Testament, there are a number of ways that we see how God's voice comes to people, but I'm going to choose four of them. They are prominent. The first way God's voice often comes to us is through encouragement, that there's somebody comes to encourage us. And the Greek word has the idea of being called alongside of someone. And that word is often translated in the New Testament, encourage, has the basic idea of coming up to somebody alongside of them, and they are feeling down, and you give them a word to lift them up. You pour courage, as it were, into them. And God speaks through this word, encourage. There's a second word that we see that God uses. It is from one word, and it can be translated comfort or console. Comfort or console from a Greek word. And this has the idea of supporting or cheering somebody who's down. And often, these people who need consolation and comfort are people who've, connected, who've been connected with death or tragedy. And so God uses other people to come alongside of people through comfort and through consolation. Here's a third word, a third way. It's the word admonish. The New Testament Greek word has a number of words for that, but it has the idea of warning, reminding, and perhaps rebuking. And so you're liable to see God coming through the voice of somebody else to speak to you about something that needs to be corrected. And then the last way God comes through a word is through exhort. 
he will come to exhort. Several Greek words translated exhort. The idea here is strongly urging someone to pursue a course of action they should be taking. You exhort somebody. You coach them. You lead them along a way they should go. So friends, the New Testament identify specific ways that God is liable to come to you through encouragement, consolation, exhortation, and those kinds of things. But let me move now to the question of when. And what we're going to see is the words that we just looked at are huge clues as to when we should be expecting to hear God's voice. How he comes, therefore, when the voice comes. And so let me share with you four ways that you need to be, at four times you need to be listening, especially for God's voice. Number one is when you're struggling. When you're struggling, look for God's voice in the form of encouragement. Remember we talked about encouragement just a moment ago. And that God would send somebody your way when you're struggling. And I cannot tell you how incredibly uplifting it is when you are in the darkness of your soul and someone in the church or beyond the church comes up and encourages you. Now one of the things I've discovered about Old North Church, for instance, is your, your card ministry. And, you know, there are people who make these cards and send cards to people, and, and, and there will come a card just at the time you needed it. And I've even gotten some of those cards. When should I be listening for God's voice? When I need encouragement. Second time, when we're in some kind of sorrow, listen for God's voice. When tragedy strikes, when you lose a loved one or a close friend, when you've had a significant loss, uh, that's when God often sends somebody to your side and gives you a word of comfort, gives you a word of consolation on his behalf. Now, let me give you a word of caution. Not everybody has the gift of consolation and comfort. And they can come up to you when you're in a tragedy and a difficult moment of loss and say the stupidest things. When somebody says something stupid to you in a time of tragedy, it is not the voice of God. Forgive that person, okay? Number three, when are we going to expect to hear God's? When we are in some kind of sin. Some kind of sin. Now, that's usually we're not tuned to it. That's the time it's going to be really hard to hear God's voice. But how we need a person like Nathan in our lives when we are going down a road we should not go. Expect God to send a friend, to send a pastor, to send somebody to you and confront you in the right way with love to bring you back from that sin and I could tell you story after story about sometimes when we've done that, it went well. And sometimes when we did that, it did not go well. But I must press on. The fourth time we should expect God's voice is when we need guidance. And that gets to the word that we talked about, exhortation. What way we should go. And God sends somebody along your way. And when you're stuck or when you're not sure of God's will, when you need advice and how to proceed, then God will send somebody alongside of you and speak on his behalf. A word of exhortation. A word maybe you should go down this pathway. A word of coaching. And be listening for someone's voice 
when you need some guidance. Well, that is a significant sampling, my friends, of when you are liable to hear God's voice and how it will come to you. But that leads me to the last question. The last question. How do we know if someone's voice is really the voice of God to us or some other kind of voice? And this is a very important question. And there are lots of voices out there, and you know that, I know that, but not every voice is the voice of God. And so we have to be cautious. We have to be sure that we discern the voice of God that, others, that God uses through others. So how do we know when God is speaking to us? There's only one answer I know, and it's this. You must test the voice. That's the only way you're going to find out. You must test the voice to see if it's from God. And so I have this five-point test that I want to leave with you about how you can know whether the voice speaking to you from somebody else is really the voice of God. Here's the first one. I call it the Scripture test. The Scripture test. Does what the person say to me line up with the Bible? Now, the voice of God through people must line up exactly with the Bible, no fudging. You can't have it 80%, yeah, that's pretty much Bible, and 20%, no, that isn't. It's got to be 100%. Now, I've heard Christian couples, older and younger, who say, well, we're going to live together. I have heard Christians come alongside them, say, well, why don't you try it and see if you like it? Is that the word of God to that couple? No. Why? Because it doesn't line up with the word of God. And God will never, never, never violate his word through somebody else. It must line up with scripture. Second, the test of facts. Does it fit the facts? Does what the person say to me line up with the facts? I was in a supermarket shopping some years ago, not in Canfield. When this guy comes up to me and he says, I mean, this is a quote. I wrote it down. I have the gift of discernment. The Spirit of God has told me that you've been saying nasty things behind my back, and the Lord told me to rebuke you. <laughs> I was stunned. I still know the place and the aisle in the, in the supermarket. I was so stunned. Was that the voice of God to me through him? Absolutely not. Why? It contradicted the facts. Not only was I not talking about the guy behind his back, I hadn't seen this guy in years. He wasn't even on my mind. So I said to him, Ed, what are you smoking? <laughs> By the way, if a Christian comes up to me and prefaces his remarks with, God told me to tell you this, and it's negative. That usually hasn't been the voice of God. He's working through a problem, not me. But if my wife says to me, Al, you've been working too many hours, and I haven't felt that important to you lately, and if that lines up with the facts, <laughs> that's God's voice to me. Test number three is openness. Am I willing to listen to what a person says if it's not what I want to hear? Now, I love this passage because I see it happen so often in life. 
It was Israel. They were in a jam. They were all fearful. And they came to Jeremiah and said, basically, would you be the voice of God to us? Tell us what to do, whether it be good or bad, and we will do it. Doesn't matter if we, if we don't want to hear it. Whatever you say, Jeremiah, we will do. And Jeremiah said to them exactly what they didn't want to hear. Remain in Judah. Do not go to Egypt. And they immediately said, you are a liar, Jeremiah. We aren't even going to listen to you. How often we want people to tell us what we want to hear and we're not open to what they had to say. And so if a person comes to you, he's a godly person and a friend or a pastor or whatever, and they come to exhort you or to admonish you or to give you a word of counsel that you might need to need, are you open to what they might have to say? It could be the voice of God. Number four test consensus. Are there a number of voices saying the same thing to you? And they all line up on the first three. Proverbs eleven fourteen says that there's wisdom in many counselors. And if you have a number of godly people in your life coming up to you saying the same, you better listen carefully. It might be the voice of God. Test number five I call resonance. Does what someone says to me strike a chord in my inner spirit? Does it continue to produce a loud, clear, deep conviction in me over a long period of time? Does it capture my mind and my heart in a compelling way? And if it does, if that voice will not go away from me, I need to pay attention because it may well be the voice of God that struck deep into my soul and I have to listen to it. Well, that is a five-point test on whether or not what someone says to you is the voice of God. And it is very important to test what others say to you because the words that others say to you can really help you or can really hurt you, especially if a lot is on the line. And by all means, understand that just like God speaks To people, through people, so does Satan. Satan is the father of lies, and he has found out ways to use other people when they don't even know it to say things that aren't right and biblical. And the problem is, if you listen to that kind of voice, you can really mess yourself up. Well, some of you, as I conclude today, are very familiar with hearing God's voice through other people. And some of you, May not be, this might be kind of new to you today. So I want to give you, as I close, some personal illustrations. Because this is what I'm most familiar with, how God speaks to me. And I'm not saying he'll speak to you exactly. what, But if you want to know kind of how it might look like when God speaks to you, I'm going to give you a couple illustrations. When I was in high school, long time ago, the last thing on my mind was going into the ministry. I had other kinds of things, but I didn't know what I'd be doing The ministry, I don't think so. And then I started to do some things in the church, and people began to notice in high school that I was doing some things that had spiritual effectiveness and results. And they began to speak to me, and they began to affirm me. And over a two-year period in my high school years in my church, voice after voice said, you know what, Al? I wonder if God has a claim on your life. I wonder if you should be going to the ministry. I went, nah, nah, I'm not cut out for, nah, nah, I'm, nah. And I will tell you this. 
The reason I am in the ministry more than any other reason is because of the choir of voices in my local church in high school who told me the same thing. We think God's calling you into the ministry. And I finally answered the call and never looked back. Second story. After Marie and I got married, we wanted to start a family. And the time went by and no children were coming. And the doctor finally said to us, you have more chance going to the moon and back than having your own children. Oh, thank you, doc. So Marie began to talk to me after a number of years about adoption. And you know what my position was? We aren't adopting somebody else's kid. We're having our kid. After all, I'm in the ministry. God will like me better than them anyway. No, I didn't say that. But I felt that. And I felt that God owed us our own children. And child didn't come. And the more years went by, the more Marie would say, please, can't we adopt? And they said, nope. We're having our own children. Then I went down to the Triennial Missions Conference called Urbana in Illinois. Over 17,000 college students got together. And I was a youth pastor at the time. And I will never forget Helen Roosevelt came out. A, a lady speaker, missionary from the Congo, who had been beaten and raped by the, the African rebels there. And she told her story. And you know what happened? It was incredible. Even though she never even mentioned the word adoption, her talk was not about adoption at all. God said to me, in that sermon through Helen, I want you to adopt a child. I'm changing your heart. I heard that as clear as a bell, even though it was not audible, that God used her to speak to my life and changed me in a moment of time. And when I went on home and I told Marie, guess what we're going to do? We're going to adopt a baby. She couldn't believe it. And five months later, a little boy was brought to our home. It was incredible. I will never forget that. I'm still impacted by that. Last story. It was February of 2013. I get a phone call from Executive Minister Dan Peterson of our district and then from Mark Ledger, Elder Chair here at Old North. It was about coming here as senior pastor. Uh, interim. And I was perfectly content at Grace Church. I was secure there. I'm thinking, okay, in my 70s, I've got a ministry here at Grace Church. And my initial thought when I heard Dan and Mark and Ted uh, Miller, no way, this is the voice of God. And as time went by, there were more voices saying, maybe I should think about coming to Old North as interim pastor. And I thought to myself, I don't think God would be saying these kinds of things to me through people. That's what I thought. And so I kind of ignored them. So eventually I did the bold thing because the voices kept coming. I went to my senior leadership at Grace Church and I talked to them and I said, they're talking to me from Old North Church about coming there as an interim senior pastor and they were shocked to hear that I might be thinking about leaving. And I was hoping they would say, you can't leave. And I would have taken that as the voice of God. And they thought, and they said to me, you know what, maybe you should consider that. Whew, what? Now, the voice of God to come to Old North Church never came from the Bible. And there's a verse that said, Al Detter, go to North, Old North Church. It wasn't there. And there was no voice in the nighttime audibly, Al Detter, get on your car, get in your horse or car and go to an old North That didn't happen. Do you know how I got here? It was the lining up of the voices of Grace Church, 
the voices of Old North Church, the voices of some of the people I talked about in here of the kind of people who come around me, especially godly friends, and my wife. And we put all those things together. I knew it was the voice of God. And that's why I am here today. I heard the voice of God. Now, God may not speak so profoundly to you, but you've seen how he speaks to me, and I don't know. My guess is this, that I'm not the exception. I think God wants to speak to you through other people often. And in the ways that I talked about today. So I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Do you like the homework? I've been getting some people on Facebook and email telling me this has gone on in their assignment this week and stuff. I'm, I'm all excited about that. But here's your assignment for this week. It has two parts. Number one, I want you to record one time this week when you realize that you probably heard the voice of God through someone else. And I want you to write that experience down and who spoke to you, okay? So put it in your Bible, keep your Bible with you, a piece of paper, and do that. Part two of the assignment. I want you to record one time when you realize that God was speaking through you to another person. And I want you to write that experience down and who it was that you spoke to. And the reason, and the reason... I want you to become more intentional about listening for the voice of God through others and of being God's voice to others. And as you do your assignment, get ready for, get ready for some surprises, okay? Father, thank you that you open up a whole avenue today of understanding how you speak through other people to us. And I pray that we would have heard your voice today through this pastor and then this week through others. And all God's people said,